You're the yellows and I'm the reds This ain't snooker, it's more like chess Chalk your Q-tip, you're on a run We're potting balls for fun Chalk your Q-tip, you're on a run We're potting balls for fun I'm Dan Wells And I'm Scott Ryan And welcome to the 8-Ball Pool Podcast Who's on the show today, Scott? We've got Dan Davey, IPA Tour professional, tournament, multiple tournament winner, and he's going to give us a talk through his uh, career um, and what he's got coming up in the future. So over to you, Dan. Um, where did it all start? Oh, oh blimey. Um, I used to play, used to go to a social club, um, a place called the Tidus Club around the corner from me, and Mum and dad used to go there and, and when I was a like earliest memories I couldn't reach the table and stuff and I'd try and have a game but um competitively uh we I was fourteen. We um we never used to have a Berkshire youth county team and uh the first they, they did trials, the first one started. So I'm thirty two now, so the first one started when I was 14 it got set up then so basically everyone that went into the trials got in apart from one kid oh. there was only eight up um oh. and um, and it started from there really but from the point you know i played i used to play a bit of snooker um most saturdays with a mate of mine um when you know when i was sort of like 10 11 12 13 nearly every saturday we'd play snooker um and I always sort of thought, oh, I could be a snooker player. He used to think I could be, but I always knew realistically I wasn't good enough. Um, but, um, yeah, just started, started playing pool competitively from 14. And then the moment they started a county youth team, um, the one of my mates at school, uh, Dan Inglis, he played for the county team as well. And his brother, Matt Inglis, was a professional at the time on the free PO. Um, and he, they, we all live like really close to each other. He's like a friend of my mum and stepdad's as well. <clears throat> and um, they, he, t- he took a, us around everywhere. Him, him, he took me and Dan around to all the tournaments he used to go to, pro ams and and things like that. And that's where I improved really, just from watching all the, watching the best players. And yeah, about a, uh, I suppose a year later, what was it? I was fifteen. So when first county finals, we were awful. Um, and then the second year, after I'd sort of gone away one or two weekends a month playing in £20 demands and things like that, uh, I, I, I won the under-18s um, county singles. So I was like under-18s national champion when I was 15, and then I won it again when I was 16. So that was the first big thing I ever won. And... Um, yeah, that was that. I wouldn't have that wouldn't have happened unless I started unless I went round to all the other tournaments because that's how I got better was just uh, you know watching the people that were best really at the time it was Andy Lucas and Rob Hill um, on that side of things because it was it was black ball or, or I think they call them black play rules or fed rules whatever they were called then uh, I didn't really didn't really do much world rules um, until a couple of years later. Uh, but it was always them rules, and that, uh, yeah, Andy Lucas, Robert were the best players, really. What are your thoughts on uh, world rules, Dan? Um, I I don't mind playing them. Um, if if there's a tournament, this this a good tournament, and it's sort of close to me, um, I'll play in it. I don't mind playing them. I just don't like watching them. What, why I think, is I that? Think it's, oh. uh, when when a frame goes scrappy, it's fine. When 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 it's top level stuff and it's Mikhail against another, you know, someone else, um, and, and they're all at their best. The rules don't really come into it much, but when they do come into it, um, and obviously the lower the level, the more the more the rules come into it. But when it when they do come into it, it what what might be a ten minute frame at blackboard rules it could be half an hour it could be 45 minutes you have stalemates yeah. and just oh, i've played in the odd frame and i thought without being disrespectful if i was like four one up on someone and we have one of them frames and i thought i was going to beat him anyway i'll just do the wrong thing and just give them two shots when they'll probably clear up yeah 
uh, rather than grind it out because it's just it's painful. I don't like it. Yeah, if they're fair, I think they're very fair rules. Um, I think Ronan McCarthy said once. He said like, you know, I don't, I don't. If I had to put, if I had to play for my last penny in a money game, I'd want them to be. I'd want to play to world rules because, you know, there's there's you can you can control the frames more, but. To watch, no, yeah. Um, I'm not to watch. Just a bit disappointed if we we found this out just now because I, I think it's fair to say my record against you is is I think it's just nudging towards you of slight favour. In fact, yeah, I don't think I've ever nudging beaten you. <laughs> zero, yeah, nudging towards zero. So yeah. it's it's, I'm, it's a shame that we've just found out that now. Well, we've um really played a couple of times, haven't we? We played a fair few times. We played a fair f- uh, few times in Reading back in the day with that Reading tour. Yeah, I mean, remember we that? that. And we uh, played recently. Maidenhead. In Maidenhead, yeah. And you, you I let you. That was World Wars then, and yeah. and that's the same thing because you can get bogged down. Playing you was okay, but I'm not going to name names. I think we can figure out who we're talking about. Just you can play a couple of people on that tour, and you could spend hours on one fame. And I just haven't got the mentality for it. No, no, that's the problem. And it, it's, it, for me, it takes the enjoyment out of it. And at the end of the day, you know, there aren't really, there isn't really anybody that makes a living from pool, is there? Unless you run a club or you've got something alongside it or, all right, you've got Pots, Gareth Potts plays his Chinese eight ball and stuff like that. But, you know, no, no one makes a good living from pool. Um, the, yeah, you could, you know, the very best players could maybe make 15, 20. I know Scott Gillespie had a freak year last year and won 44 grand or something for the year before, but he's the first one to admit, like he used to say to his missus, don't get used to this. This is like a, you know, yeah. this is completely out of the ordinary. You'd have a top, top player and he might, you know, profit might be what, 10 or 15,000 pound a year, you know, um, if they've got a sponsor and stuff. And there's only, there's only really three or four people that can, you know, uh, but yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe like a, a Liam Dunster makes a bit more because he travels a lot to all the local things and stuff. So may, I think it's changing a bit. There are there is more there is more um, scope to to make a living from it. But I suppose it depends what you what living you're giving up, really, doesn't it? So do you do you break even playing pool, or do you do you earn a little bit, or yeah, I break even. Yeah, um, I've 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 always treated it as a hobby. Really, and yeah. um, uh, my philosophy has always been: I'll take it seriously when it's worth time and effort. And I yeah. still don't think it is now. Even, even yeah, okay. Um, that figure of I think I said Scott Gillespie. I think won forty-four grand two years ago uh, when that Supreme series was on. But that was that was a one-off and not having a dig at it or anything, but that was only ever going to be a one-off because of the high entry fees and how few people were ever going to make profit out of it. So he cashed in that year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I still think to me, it's a if, hobby. If, it, if, it, if there was um, an, a cash injection into the game, I think because so many people play it and, it, and um, it'd still be difficult for someone to make a living out of it because you're not certain the best player's not always going to win every tournament because there's a lot of luck involved. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like On the break snooker, side. With snooker, the cream rises to the top because it's, you know what I mean? If someone's better than someone else at a game of snooker, they'll win a frame of snooker every single time or, or nearly every single time. But with Paul, I mean, there's some very low-level players that can break and clear. So, you know, when you... <laughs> when... Uh, when uh, yeah, it would it, be it'd be harder to dominate that sport because of the nature of it, how much luck's involved. But um, yeah, I think that's my. I don't want to, you know. If I always feel in a in a slightly not arrogant way, but you've obviously got to have a bit of belief in yourself. Um, if it ever got big, I feel like I would have that in hand on a lot of the current top yeah. players who I know from speaking to them, nearly all of them will, you know, prepare really well for every tournament or, or they'll, or they genuinely just do practice two or three times a week or they've, or, or sometimes more or, or they've got a table at home and they play or, or they just play far more than me. So, but it doesn't, you know, 
bother me because it's not worth the sacrifice, um, really. If I was, uh, if I was really wealthy and, you know, had some I don't know chain of bloody restaurants that someone else ran for me or something like that, then yeah, I'd, I'd spend, I'd have loads of spare time, and I'd put the effort in and and you know I'd enjoy trying to be as good as I could be, but until that point, I just don't think the rewards there really. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fair comment. But there is kind of a pool scene where there is a bit more money involved, and that's the money matches. So we've all watched some of those money games, fifty k parts, sixty k parts. Is that is that something that you'd get involved in? <laughs> uh, sore subject. Um, yeah, I, I uh, I've played. Yeah, I've played eleven. Yeah, and lost seven. You've lost seven. Um, yeah, one four lost seven. Uh, I played. Bloody hell! I played Partab Singh twice when I was seventeen. Lost to him twice. Um, I that was like two grand each or something. I think. It's a lot of money. Uh, it was at the time. It was at the time because that was like fifteen years ago when it was. Um, yeah, when it was when it was uh, not not as common, and then the big. The biggest one I played was Jack Whelan in, in Derby at the Corn Exchange. Uh, that was 15 grand each. Wow. Um, and I lost 25-22 um, to him. And it was nip and tuck the whole way. I missed the ball at, I missed the ball down the cushion, and they were bucket corner pockets as well. It had just been done. It was, it was the quickest table I've ever played, and it was like glass. It was, it was actually quite... It was. It wasn't very easy to control the white. Well, I didn't, I didn't feel like it anyway. Yeah. But they, they were big down the corners. They they ironed the, the hell out of it, and they 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 were big in the corner pockets. It was it was towards semi nine ball really. If you landed good on one down the cushion, you shouldn't miss it. Yeah. And I missed one down the cushion with three quite easy balls left, which would have put me twenty one nineteen up. And then from twenty all, he broke and cleared. Cleared off my dry break and then broke and cleared. Wow. So it was 23 20. Um, and yeah, I, I won the next two. Uh, could have gone 23 all. It was on a tricky finish, messed it up. Um, he cleared up and then he broke and cleared again. Wow. Which is a bit, <laughs> not, that it, not that it haunts me or I remember every detail. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I think yeah, the big exactly. difference is, though, is you haven't sat there and made uh, made masses of excuses, which most people do when they lose for a few quid. You've actually been quite honest there and said, I've missed the ball down the rail, which I should have got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, it was, you know, it was quite a good standard match, but you never, I don't care who you are, you're never going to play a first of 25 and not have not have enough chances to win the match. Um, he He broke amazingly well and I didn't put off my breaks you know if you want something leaning towards an excuse but that's a that's a that's that's not really a luck thing anyway you know the break is a skill and he's he's one of in my opinion him and Tom Tom Cousins are are probably the two best or most consistent big breakers in the game it's a skill isn't it you know yeah it's tough if they've got a better break than you you know, will you want to come off and go, oh, well, he, uh, he he broke better than he broke like God and I couldn't get a ball. Well, I've watched the match. You couldn't get a ball because you're not very good at breaking and he's really good at it. It's yeah. part of the game, isn't it? Yeah. So who's, one of your, who's one of your better wins you've had on your money games? Um, blimey, I beat Max Nosco in Bristol uh, about maybe eight, nine, seven, eight years ago. Uh, I beat him 20... I think it was 2016 or 20, 21, 17, something like that. That was for four and a half grand each. Oh, wow. I played, uh, played John Sullivan, actually, uh, for two and a half grand each up in London about four years ago. And I played, that's the best of, that's probably the best I've ever played in a money game. I couldn't have, I literally couldn't have played any better. And I went up there with just me and one other guy as well. And he had obviously like 30, 40 of his mates quite rowdy. And I was six, five down and I did, uh, I did six off the break. So I, I cleared off my three breaks and then he went dry three times and I cleared off them as well. 
and that made it 11-6 and that killed the game really and from then I don't think I don't, I'm not even sure I've run out of position I, I literally couldn't have played any better for like an hour and a half two hour period I won like 21-9 or something nice uh, play really really well but I, I uh, lost to Craig Lakin was 5-0 up on him in Derby for 5 grand each 5-0 up on him and lost 21-17 or something like that and then recently lost to Shane Thompson twice um, by, I think, three frames each time. Um, both those were for five grand each. Once once in his place and then once um, uh, once in Newbury. I've never... All of my games have been away, apart from... Newbury's not like my home venue. We just didn't have a venue. We ain't got no pool club. So that's the closest thing I had to a home game, apart from... Uh, Partub Singh when I was 17 I played him in my local pub so that was a, that was a home game but yeah apart from that they've all got to be away I, I don't like hard to say it sounds like I'm making excuses really but I don't think it suits me that much the rowdy atmosphere um, you know money games to me are not and, and this will sound like a bit of an excuse but it's just what I believe they're, they're more about who can handle the, the, the atmosphere and handle the rowdiness. Yeah. And I don't lose my rag or, or necessarily get... But I do feel a bit flustered sometimes. When, when I don't mind there being a crowd watching the game. That's fine. But when you've got a ref and people are shouting stuff out deliberately, you know, trying to break your concentration or, or that actually just flat out just being personal and just insulting you um, and the ref just stands there and does nothing you think what, what is this about is this, is, is, this a, is this a playground fight or is this about who's the best pool player you know there's I don't name any names but there are people that if it was just me and them in a room we're locked in a room and, and, it, and you put a live stream on fine put your cameras on it fine but if it's just me and someone else locked in a room playing first to 25 there are people that I would snap their hand off for a money game um, in that format that if we were in front of 100 people, of which 70 of them are their mates who are, and there's always five or six idiots, um, I'm just not interested, really. I think that's um, a good point, because I think one of the best things about your game is your attitude. Every time I've played you, you always cool, calm, collective, you never fussed, even... even on the rare occasion when you have missed the ball against me. Um, you know, it's a real pleasure watching you play. Do you think that's a big asset to your game? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 um, I always made a um, conscious effort to, to try and show no emotion, you know, because it, I don't see the point. If you, if you lose your ragging, you lose your temper, um, you, you, some, some people do it to give themselves a bit of a G up. You'll see like a Jordan Shepherd. he's, 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 he's terrible for it, but he it works for him because he sort of like, he'll smash his cue or something like that, and that, but he's just geeing himself up, really. Um, but most of the time, if you see someone losing the rag, and even if I'm playing him and he, I see him doing that, I'm still happy. I'm happy he's losing his rag and having to gee himself up. So I think two things, you know, you're showing a bit of a weakness yourself, but you're also, you're more likely to give your opponent confidence and then they can just, you know, kick on and I play. If so, see, I see someone losing the rag quite often. I just think, nice, I've got you now, um, and it makes me relax even more. So yeah, I just try and. I always remember watching Nine Ball Earl Strickland, and whenever he used to play a Chinese player, he used to struggle because they'd sit there like, you know, you, you you can't even see if they're breathing or not. Do you know what I mean? They they are literally like a statue, and he's obviously trying to get involved with them. He's trying to talk to them across the room, talking to the crowd, winding himself up, and they're just like robots. So, you know, I'd rather do that than sort of get involved and start gobbling off at the crowd or, 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 or making stupid statements and, and it's, not, it's not really me. But that's probably why the old money game thing, you know, um, hasn't suited me in the past. But another, I, I, would, I would never say I wouldn't play another one again because the feeling of winning a uh, money game in front of, you know, a, a rowdy crowd is brilliant. You know, when I beat Max in, in his... It, we played in like a social club and there was about 1,800 people in there and the atmosphere was wow. meant they're singing and stuff like that. So to win in front of them and it does feel brilliant. It makes it sweeter when you win. But um, if there was just a way 
I think money games would be so much better and, and you'd see more um, more players maybe crawl out the woodwork that, that haven't played money games before if it was policed better. It's the um, international stuff. So when, when you've got England against Scotland, you know, I know obviously it's not, I'm not choosing words carefully, but it's not a very professional setup. But um, the atmosphere is unbelievable. So yeah. as a spe- uh, as a as a neutral watching it, it's brilliant to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, and you've got the B team and the B ones and the B twos and the B threes and the B fours and the B fives and the B sixes. Keep going, you'll get to me in a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're all cheering the England A team on and they're playing against, you know, Scotland A team. And it, it, it that's great to watch. And money games are great to watch because some of them are played in just a good atmosphere. And there's the odd person shouts the odd thing out, and that's it. You know, and they're brilliant. They're brilliant to watch. Um, I've watched the odd one where I've had a little side bet myself, and I've put it on YouTube on the big telly, and uh, and watch it, and it's good. You know, it's a good laugh. But uh, I think that's yeah, it's the hardest thing that holds it, biggest thing that holds it back really is not having a not having a crowd. But yeah, we had um, solve that problem. We had Simon Webb, the voice of the voice of Paul on. Um, a couple of episodes ago, and he said the same thing that the England international games would be would be brilliant TV. And David yeah. McNamara, that was on the last episode, uh, <clears throat> the match he was involved with with the England A team playing Scotland A team was was sensational to watch. It was absolutely brilliant. For that to be on TV would have been yeah, and, would have been epic. Yeah, and I don't care who you are or what you do. If you watch, if you're watching that, there's no way you can't get into that. It's amazing. It's, it's so good. Well, that's how yeah, nine ball became so popular in the UK. If you think about it, Moscone Cup at Christmas. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I knew nine ball through the movie The Color of Money, but then when I saw that on TV, I was absolutely hooked. Absolutely hooked yeah, on yeah. nine ball. Yeah, and I've got mates at, at work who know nothing about Q sports. Um, don't ever play themselves. They might have the odd game of pool of three in the pub, but you know they're rubbish. They're just it's for something to do. And 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 he goes, oh yeah, I watch Moscone Cup, yeah. And you know what I mean? He, he, he likes it and he watches it because of the atmosphere. He doesn't, if there was no crowd, he wouldn't watch it. But it was clever how they started the Moscone Cup because they stuck snooker players in it who they knew people would know. They weren't the best at pool, but obviously they can pot a ball. And uh, people watched it to tune in. Now it stands alone. There are oh, no snooker yeah, players yeah. in it. I mean, what they had, Alex Higgins, um, Ronnie, Jimmy White. Steve Davis, Ronnie played in it once as well. Ronnie played in it. Yeah. Ronnie played in it a few couple times. of times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's cheating, isn't it? Really, but it's brilliant. It's a great idea. That's why, you know, funny, funny how Barry Hearn and Eddie Hearn are multi-multi millionaires, isn't it? Well, they're smart guys. They know what works. Well, it's really strange because you spoke about John Sullivan earlier. John yeah. Sullivan beat Stephen Lee in a money match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. recently. Well, yeah, recently, maybe a year ago, something uh, like that. Yeah, I think it was a, yeah, a little bit more than that. But yeah, it was. I watched bits of it, but he, honest, John Sullivan, Jesus, what what a talent he is! He's unbelievable. He, as a neutral, yeah, him and probably Chris Mellin and John Shepherd are my favourite players to watch. Yeah, and with all due respect to John, he's a really, really good player, but he's not at their level. But he's so exciting to watch. I remember watching him play um, when I was a kid. He was in Kentish Town in, in London that uh, Big Ron used to run. And I think they, I can't remember what tournament was on there, but I was 15, 16. I remember being sat around later in the evening and John Sullivan was playing Ross McInnes for a £100 a set. And Ross was giving John a two start to nine or ten or, or something like that. And uh, I remember just about three or four hours went by you know, Ross can play really quickly and was, and John was as well. Oh, honestly, as a neutral, brilliant to watch. When he was on that shootout, John's, did he, John Sullivan play in that shootout, didn't he? I didn't see him on there, actually. Did he? he did play once in it. Oh. I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to watch him. It'd be good. He'd get the crowd involved. Yeah. And he's really, really attacking. He's really good to watch. Should, should, should have won more, really, I think. So... so- Go on, so go on, now you're a so now you're a IPA professional. How are you finding the tour? Yeah, yeah, it's fine, mate. It's, it's I think it's a hard one, isn't it? To um, it, it's come on so much in the last 
five, six years. I remember about um, three or four years ago, I remember thinking, Look, I'll give it one more year, but what's the point? Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's the best thing you can play on, but it's just the best of a bad bunch, really. And then, but then all of a sudden, within two seasons or within two seasons, you've got four tournaments a year on free sports and, um, and BBC, um, BBC Sport on the iPlayer, um, is what's on BBC Sport website for every single tour. I mean, that's mental. Like, they get more viewing figures on BBC than free sports as well. Obviously, the, the, the reach is much more. Um, so, you know, that, and that feels normal now. And now all of a sudden, I remember he's at the AGM recently and they're sort of just talk, And you're like, well, just remember, you know, four tournaments a year on free sports and every single tour covered on the BBC Sport um, website. Uh, that's normal now. And you think, well, you know, three or four years ago, we had none of that. And we were streaming it, you know, through just regular platforms and stuff and hoping to get a thousand people watching, you know, and you got, you got 2000 people when it was the world championships, you know, final sort of thing. That's, that's, that's what your peak could be. So it's easy to sort of, yeah, say what could be done better because there's always stuff that could be done better, but it's, it's still um, a lot better than it was three or four years ago. And, and 10 times better than it was seven or eight years ago when I first joined. Yeah, it's mental actually, because kind of, obviously Paul declined. I mean, growing up, the pool, World Pool Championships used to be on Sky Sports. Yeah, yeah, no, pool, yeah. You know, yeah, which, yeah. which was insane. And I mean, I could name you a dozen players from that era because I used to watch it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I might struggle to name 20 IPA professionals. Um, I think that's what TV does, isn't it? And, and obviously, I know... I know Sky Sports, they were pre-recorded and showed yeah. a couple of months later. But, you know, it was still Sky Sports and free sports is it is what it is, isn't it? It's, it's a, you know, it might be a big channel in in 10 years' time, but at the moment it's one of the smaller ones. Or, but yeah. it's, it's still good. It's still far better than nothing. And, you know, you can't knock it. It's you, what we've got. Because yeah, obviously... So obviously talking to you today, you've got a really, you've got a great personality. You, you, you're coming across really well. You're talking really well. But do you not think as pool players, you've got a responsibility to get yourselves out there a bit more, to get a bit, generate a bit more buzz in the game? Yeah, probably. Yeah, de well, definitely. Um, I definitely do, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I, you're right. You, you have to an extent. But... Um, Depends what depends who you are, isn't it? I don't like to be, I don't like to if I'm doing well at a tournament. I don't like to post on Facebook saying, you know, into the last thirty-two now had yeah. a good win, and then two hours later saying last sixteen now, you know, queuing well, blah blah blah. I, I find all that a bit cringeworthy. I yeah, I'm No, that's fair. That's no, actually, nice. that's fair enough. Actually, that's I've got no, Yeah, I think well, we've all got yeah. friends that do it all the time. Yeah, that, that I'm into yeah. the last thirty-two. Then minutes. you never then hear then, again. Then, then you never. Yeah, you never hear. Never anything, hear again. You know. So, what is your ultimate aspiration at Paul? Where do you want to be? Um, if it if it gets worth practicing for, then I want to win the world championships, and I, I want to win the world championships anyway. Of course, I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't enter. Um, but um, I want to win the World Championships. It's just another tournament. Uh, yeah, it's the World Championships, but it's just another tournament. I've won an IPA tour before. Only one. Um, 2016. Oh, yeah, 2016. I beat Farnsworth in the final. Um, I know I'm good enough, uh, but I'm not consistent enough because I don't play enough. Um, so, you know, therefore, I'm actually not good enough in a way. Um, but... If it ever becomes really, you know, good, and we haven't had a pool club in Reading since for three and a half years, and now it's just shut out as a coronavirus stuff as well. So, I went three and a half years from July 16 until just December, just gone with no pool club anyway. So, immediately everything went downhill because 2016 I had a really good year. Um, I, I'd I won that one in Wales, and then I lost in the semis of the next one to Hibbert, and then the fifth one in Brighton or Bournemouth, um, I can't remember which one it was now, uh, I got to the final of that as well, I lost to uh, Hibbert, um, 
So I had the best year I'd ever had. I, I, had, I, had, I got the most points on the tour that year, but then they changed the rankings. <laughs> so the one, the one time, so they used to have pro rankings for pro-only events, amateur rankings for amateur-only events, and tour rankings for tour-only events. So that year, 2016, I got the most points on the tour. So I'd have been like provisional number one or whatever going into the following season. And then they scrapped the way they did the rankings. So what's been your greatest pool achievement so far? Um, I suppose it probably was winning that tour because because of the standard and it is one of the things that everybody was in. So it is winning that really, yeah. And that was the first event that Coral, the the Nationals, when I was 15, 16, um, win that back-to-back was uh, was was really um, important to me at the time. And I couldn't enter it a third year either when I was 17 because I was playing for the men's A team as well as the youth team. And the guy that ran the, the, the youth team, I gave him a tenner to put me in the singles. And he put me in the bloody men's singles. Oh, no. So I was in, I was in the men's singles twice and not in the youth singles. Oh. So, man, I was fuming. So I, was, I, was, I sort of went to, the, I said to, I think it was Joe Flatty and Mike Levins at the time that were running. I said, mate, you see what's happened there. Can you, put, you know, obviously switch me over, put me into the youth singles? They said, no. I was like, what? I was like, why? Why wouldn't you want the champion in there to defend their title? Oh, because the draws are already up and it wouldn't be fair on the person that drew you now that they think they've got a buy and we have to put you in there. I was like, well, well it's not fair on me though, is it? Because, uh, you know, it's a genuine mistake. You can see, obviously, I mean, for a start, why did you put me in twice? If you're going to get technical about it, you put me in the men's singles twice. You're not going to let me play in it twice. Just switch me over. The, you know, the tournament hasn't started yet. And they refused, and it went on for about five minutes. I was like, oh, you must be kidding me. And they said, well, what we will do, this is the ultimate rubdown. I said, what we will do, um, because you have got a valid point, is from now on, the defending champion will automatically be in the singles for the following year. I was like, cheers. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> That's good next year. <laughs> oh, you legends. Oh, yeah, you've really sorted me right out there. Yeah. Just... That's the worst thing about that is it's, it's, it's a collective decision by a group of people. So it makes it worse that they've got it so wrong. Well, can you how can you have an international setup where you've got um, an an England A team, fair enough. You've got an England B team, fair enough. And then in that same section, you've got a B one and a B two team. What what's all that about? Well, it's obvious what that's all about. It's all about bums on feds. So you know they get a better deal out of the caravan park or wherever they're running it or whatever. So. But they could have built their own caravan park with the money they've taken over the years. Oh, mate, it's, it's whole. It's, they think they're doing good, and I ain't got the answer. But I know I don't know the answers. I'm not saying, but the answer isn't to have a B one, B two, and B uh, B a B team, B one, and B two section because you just you, you just the prestige immediately is gone, or or a large chunk of the prestige is gone. You know, I'm feeling better. Even even county county level, county A team, county B team, fine. County C team, not really. Like what? What's? You don't need that, do you? You don't need a C team. You need a county A and a county B team, and then it feels prestigious. You know, you got a county C team, and some of the people will play in C team, and it's they're clearly not in the top thirty or forty players in their county. They just yeah. they just turn up trials, and there's no one else to. It's better than them. I mean, it just takes all the prestige out of it. The standards you know, not right? great at qualifying for our county anyway, not for Hampshire. But I, I, Dan, what are your thoughts? Last I think we've got one of the best counties in the whole of England. To be fair, certainly in the, the senior team, we've got the best, the best team. So I, yeah, I, I, I don't know about the B and C teams, and the B, I play in the B ones in in England. So, you know, as to say, it takes the prestige away. You're still playing for your country. And there's lots of other B... And we played our B team in the first um, match on the last tournament and we beat them. So I don't think there's much difference in ability-wise. No, there isn't. That's half the problem, is the B team isn't the best team anyway. You know, the B1, B2 B and B team are all basically the same anyway. Just have a... Or, or even just say, have an A, B and C team. You know, but having them all in the same section, it just all makes a bit of a... You know when there's a problem when it's hard to explain it to people and they go, no matter who I, you explain it to, they go, what? I, I'm That's with you on this one. I'm, I'm with you on this one. It's, 
it does feel as if because when you think about it like this if you have an a, an a and a b team your a and your b team are going to be the best they can possibly be yeah. and you do start to dilute it i do think i do think things start to get diluted and i understand the prestige of playing for your country dan i know you're really proud to play for your country and 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 what an achievement to qualify um but i do think that there is a sense of they look at it in terms of how can we rinse as much money out of this as we possibly can for whatever reason i'm not saying they make profits i'm not saying that they do but what i'm saying is is how can we make as much money how can we get as many people there as we possibly can it's the same for it's the same for um world rules when everybody qualifies for yarmouth you got you know all those people there you know the fifth and sixth best teams in an interleague league will qualify for yarmouth so really? yeah it's like the champions league but you've got an ex, you know you, you've got fifth in the, you've got the europa league places in there as well yeah there's a, there's a section in the show where we ask every guest the same five I'll do that. questions yeah damn uh, first of all we need it in a confirmation that if you do become world champion that you'll come back on the show for free yeah yeah fine yeah okay just because <laughs> one of our guests is going to eventually do it no he's going to turn we'll ronnie on back. us he's going to turn yeah. ronnie on us he's not going to want to know yeah no, I'll, be, I'll be there mate i'll be there i ain't going to change that, otherwise no we'll world champion when i decide to actually put some hours in because there's a sponsor involved you know and uh and you'll look back in this and go oh, he was just all right and he was brain about <laughs> Well, he might be decent if he puts some effort in it, but he did. Yeah. Right, Dan. Dan, every um, every show we ask um, our guests the same five questions. Right. So this bit is called Under the Lights. Right. Insert theme tune. Go. So your five questions, the same as everyone else's. Reds or yellows? Reds. Everyone says reds. Who is your pool nemesis? Jordan Shepherd. Is his record the same as mine? Or the vice versa? Uh, like a 7-2 or 7-3 to him, I think. Yeah. He talks to me. He talks to me while we play because we get on quite well. He knows it breaks my reputation. <laughs> do you not like that? No, he knows I don't like it as I've well. I've got a big list here, Dan, of all things I'm going to do to you when we play again next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, yeah. <laughs> Tell us something about yourself that people don't know about you. Um, I, I can sort of do any regional accent, really. So, like, it's the most, it's the, I, well, like, that's really fucking easy. Like, oh, I'm going to cut the swearing out, like, but Scouts is is one of the easiest ones you can do, like. (laughs) Pompey. What? Portsmouth. Portsmouth? That's just you, isn't it? That's not an accent. (laughs) I'm not from Portsmouth. (laughs) Everybody has an accent. Yeah, well, but yeah, but that's just a normal accent. You what can't about Manchester? Say Manchester, well, yesterday we went up there yesterday. Watch Oasis. They were, they were, they were, they were smashing like they were brilliant. <laughs> that is a talent. Keep them going. I've got about fifty in the locker. Wow. Maybe we could just devote a show to your accent. Yeah. Yeah. They, There's a guy on YouTube called Kai Dixon. I think is oh Kai Lewis. He's got 160 million views. He's just doing it on the back of a football coach. And he reels for about 15 or 20 accents. I, I promise it, yeah. you, he's not better than me. I promise you. That sounds really cocky, but I don't give a shit. I'll do it, right? <laughs> but he's not better than me. But he, he, it's just the most pointless thing to be good at. You can't make no money off it. Even if you're an impressionist, you don't really do that well, do you? Who's the best um, impressionist? Yeah. Alistair my favourite one's Al Foran. Is that his name, Al Foran? The Irish guy? Oh, he yeah, is yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, Robert De Niro, yeah. Al Pacino. The Al Pacino one's yeah, brilliant. He does all them, like yeah, yeah. He's he's good. He is good. He's good. But but it's not like other things, is it? Where if you're just quite good, you can make yeah. plenty of money. No, what what can you do with being good at accents? Nothing. 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 I tell you what you can do. Nothing. You can get your own YouTube channel, get 160 yeah. million people to watch it, and you'll be shopping in weight shows before you know it. Yeah, but do you know what that guy does now? He, he runs tours for, like, football things. He's just got a normal job, <laughs> oh. even though he's got a video of 160 million views on it. That's okay. what it's worth to Can- him. Cancel Waitrose. Yeah, cancel Waitrose. Back to, back to Lidl. Uh, if you could be in one movie, what would it be? Oh, uh, Rocky. Which one? 
Rocky One. Good choice. That's a yeah, good choice. Himself. Good film. Great movie. Last question then, Dan. Ashley Davey. Who's the best player you've ever played against? Um, uh, it is Scarif Potts. Pretty good. Just so who, who, who was your second? Second is Mick Hill. Um, and then closely followed by your Farnsworth Boyle. Um, that, 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 that sort of crop Tom Cousins. Dunster. Dunster's right up there. He could... Brilliant, he, he's got a level of dedication I don't think anyone else has got. He's 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 uh, he's like a bit of a Steve Davis for me. He's uh, he's um, people think he's boring. He's not. He's um, he's got a really dry sense of humour. Uh, he's yeah. He, he's um, if you used to model your game on anyone, I think you'd model it on him really. Yeah. <laughs> shot selections. He's shot selections perfect, pretty much at all times. Um, I think he could go on to be the, the, the best ever. Wow, that is a bold statement. That yeah, he's very young, statement. though. So as long as other things don't get in his way, you know, um, but I think he could go on to be, yeah, the best the best of all time. Wow. That's about the time you, was, you beat Darren Epperton on that 200-man comp. Oh, uh, so <laughs> I, was, I was 16, and there was a... Um, uh, pool club opening in Milton Keynes and a guy Paul Williams was running the tournament so he ran a Friday, Saturday, Sunday pro-am amateur only and an invitation event so invitation event was eight players 200 quid um, and uh, they had Melling Appleton Mick Hill um, Jason Twist Carl Morris Phil Harrison all, all them lot were in it Plus uh, two local pros at the time were Adam Marlow and Paul Sedman that played out of that club. And the night before, Chris Mellon pulled out. So uh, they let an amateur in for 100 quid. Oh, wow. And the guy, um, guy called Nick Hammond backed me, put me in it. Um, and so I played in it. It was all off levels, first to nine. And I drew Appleton first round and I'll be in nine eight. And uh, that was mental because that was the first time I'd ever played anyone that I'd seen play on telly. So I was a bit, I was actually a little bit starstruck. But um, yeah, I was like two or three frames in, settled, felt fine and thought, right, let's, you know, let's see how good you really are. You know, I, I'm not intimidated by you. Or if I am, I'm not going to show it. And I played really, really well. I think we both made one mistake each, proper mistake each in the match. Um, and, and, my one was at my one was I actually missed the difficult chance to win nine seven and then at eight all um fluffed up again. Not an easy chance but messed up. He got in um and got a kick on the black. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah oh. got a kick on the black at eight all. Um kick on the black at eight all. Uh, it was like a cut into the middle, easy shot, you know, nine out of ten sort of shot. Um, cut in the middle, uh, got down to play it plain ball, uh, got down to play it plain ball, then, then went to sort of, no, actually, I'm going to stun it because I don't want the white running towards the corner pocket, even though it probably wasn't going to go in. Um, he was unsure what to play. Anyway, he got down and just rolled it in, got a kick. <laughs> and then uh, I had like three <laughs> balls left on the table. The white went in off and it was world rules as well. So it was two shots carry. And he just um, shook my hand because it wasn't. It was. It was that easy. It wasn't going to miss from there. And then he um, unscrewed the butt of his cue, whacked it into the side of the thing as he walked out and made a dent. Yeah, I paid about fifty quid to get a few faster. He was apologetic and that. I went down. Not to me. Like he didn't have a problem with me. He was just annoyed at having a kick and it cost him the match. And obviously at that point he's doing it for a living. Yeah. And yeah, he um, he. Uh, I saw him about 20 minutes later and he, I walked downstairs and he was out there and he was like, you got my black ball, pal. He just made a joke out of it straight away. He's like a proper lovely bloke. Wow. And, um, I ended up losing to, I won the semi-final against Adam Marlow. Um, and then I was 6-3 up on the final against McGill of levels when I was 16 and ended up nice. losing 13-7. 
be oh. one ten point. Yeah, I fell apart. I was like, you know, felt <laughs> Mr. Invincible. Like, what's all that fuss about? This game's quite easy if you <laughs> keep a cool head. And um, yeah, I was put under it. Made a couple of mistakes. I didn't play awful, but I, I played really well to go six three up. He looked a bit edgy. First time I'd ever played him either, and I'm not thinking what's all the fuss about, but I'm thinking, you know, after this is just psychological. If you're not intimidated by him, what was you know they're not that good sort of thing. Yeah. And then he really, really turned it on. He was unreal, and that was my first experience of having a good, a, a, a world level sort of player just absolutely hammer me. And he did from from six three up. He beat me ten one one thirteen seven. Wow. He, he was incredible. Yeah. So what does the future hold for you? Um, look, we've got a pool club open now. So, you know, obviously when it's allowed to reopen and stuff, I'm going to, I'm going to play a bit more and I'm going to turn up to tournaments, uh, like I did four years ago. I'm going to turn up prepared. Otherwise I won't, otherwise it's either that or just drop off the tour. So I stayed on the tour because we were supposed to be having a pool club open and then it didn't happen. And then another time it was always oh, going to, and then it didn't happen. So it's happened now. It's open. Nice club. Um, Crucible Reading. Um, and so when it's back up and running, I'll, I'm going to play a bit more. So, yeah, when I, when I turn up to the, unlike the last three years, when I turn up to an IPA event or other tournaments, I'm going to be, I'm going to be back to um, expecting to play well rather than hoping to do well and hoping that clicks. Whereas before, I used to just turn up and I, I, I was. Um, confident that I'd do well. I knew someone had to play well to beat me. I knew I was going to play to a certain level, but last three years haven't been like that because we had nowhere to practice. And I never used to play a lot, but I always used to just hour or two a week. I'd always keep ticking over, you know. Yeah. Um, but I never went six weeks without touching the queue and stuff like that, which I regularly did. Um, so you practice? Um, you would practice just what's your practice routine at the moment? And how often? When the once the club opens again. How often will you play? Well, well sorry. So when, when uh, say 2016, um, when I had a really good year on the IPA, we had that. You went there a few times, didn't you? The club in Reading came down for it. Yep. And the tables were quite good. And um, I would typically play once a month or so. I might play my mate Luke Johnson. You know, twenty quid, two start to ten, that sort of thing. But normally. Um, that was a bit because we just because we were mates and stuff we never really took it that seriously uh, I just used to like to play if I had a tournament coming up I would maybe play three times for about an hour in the four or five days before it you know basically I'd play and then the moment I felt like I was queuing well I'd go right cool that's me sorted and then I'd play again and the moment I felt like I was that I was um seeing the ball really well and it felt good and white was sort of on a string or whatever, then I'd stop playing, which I don't know if that's the right or wrong thing to do, but maybe I should continue to play for another hour after that and cement, cement the, the feeling good. I don't know. Maybe that's why snooker players play five hours a day. Uh, yeah. But yeah, everyone's different, I suppose. I don't love it enough. I love the tournaments. I love playing tournaments, um, but I don't love practising. But yeah, I, I know what it. you mean. I know what you mean. It's hard. And it gets harder as you get older as well. You know, yeah, I stopped yeah. playing for 10 years and I've never achieved your level. And it was, mm. it's been hard for me. Dan, you know this yourself because we've practiced together once. Mm. After an hour, I, I, I completely lost the plot down. Would you say that's fair? Didn't want to play anymore? No, I, as you get older, it gets more difficult. Just keeping that concentration levels up for more than 40 minutes, it, it gets difficult as you get yes. older. Yes, well, you, you want... You... You want it, but you're not willing to put the time in, isn't it? I, 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 I loved when I was a kid and I had a bit of a six-pack, but I don't want to do the sit-ups anymore. <laughs> and I don't want to, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, 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 want your, you want your jeans to fit you, but you're not willing to go for a run. Just buy bigger <laughs> jeans. Just buy bigger jeans. <laughs> yeah, but it's only so big they can get before you have to start going different shops. You know, and you got to, you, yeah, no. Nah. Well, anything you get what you deserve out of it, didn't you? Yeah, it's true. Well, Dan, it's been a pleasure having you on. No, thanks for having me, mate. It's been, and uh, I, it's been a great little time for this. Brilliant. And before you go, I must say you are one of my favourite players to watch and one of my favourite players to play against. Even though you beat me all the time, I really like your attitude around the table, and, and I really love the way you play. 
Cheers, mate. Yeah, no, you are a great player. Can't wait till you're world champion. We'll have you back on the show as as, as world champion. Obviously, you'll have a different persona then because obviously you'll obviously you you have the paparazzi and stuff after you. So you know you you you'll be well media trained by then and not telling us about your Facebook secrets. Yeah, no, we'll um we'll have to um we'll have to do it like this because we won't be able to meet in public because I'd be so famous. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We wouldn't be able to handle it. We wouldn't get two minutes to ourselves. But thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you've been a great guest. Um, yeah, great laugh. Oh, laugh's gone by. Jesus. Yeah. Got time. And uh, good luck with good luck with uh, the rest of the season when it resumes. And obviously, hope to see you as a world champion soon. Yeah. No, brilliant. Cheers, mate. Thanks thank you very much. Take care. Cheers, Bye. Mate. Bye. Bye. It's a beautiful game Grab your cue and your case Don't see the white ball, it will all go to pot Here's that black ball on the spot Do two shots carry this time In the DRF or behind the line Is that a free ball? Take your time, you're nearly over the line You're the yellows and I'm the reds This ain't snooker, it's more like chess Chalk your Q-tip, you're on a run We're potting balls for fun Seven ball in this front Rack the balls, ref, it's my brain Sit down, son, you ain't having a shot Oh, balls off, just missed an easy pop You're the yellows and I'm the reds This ain't snooker, it's more like chess Chalk your Q-tip, you're on a run We're potting balls for fun You're the yellows and I'm the reds this ain't snooker, it's more like chess Chalk your Q-tip, you're on a run We're potting balls for fun Chalk your Q-tip, you're on a run We're potting balls for fun